Well, here we are again. I'm uh, with my friend Carl. We are on our second week of recording. Today is May 27, uh, 2023. We're recording about this week's devotional and uh, in the lectionary. talking about the different texts that we read during this week and offering our, you know, our conversation and, and how this um, text spoke to us. And uh, hopefully you can make part of this conversation. So Carl, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Mario said, Carl, pastor of Revival Life Church here in Boca Raton, Florida. Been uh, been been an interesting week. Uh, you know, just to be completely honest, you know, we, we approach the text with um, who we are, right? So uh, if you have a great week, you approach the text, you would like to approach it neutral, um, but the truth is that you bring your real self to the text and um, had, a, had a pretty good Sunday. Um, and then often when you have a great Sunday, you have a bit of warfare uh, in the week. And uh, so I have kind of you know, been a little bit of spiritual warfare, but I have had a rich time in the word and I'm um, looking forward to our conversation here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so true that you say that we approach the text and where we are this week. It was a hard week for me. I had some uh, personal um, news that it was not very nice. Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely that uh, informed the way I read the text and I see the text this week. So uh, I certainly know how that is. Yeah. So let's uh, let's just start diving in. Uh, All right. On our, our conversation of the of the lectionary, I actually want to start our conversation. By saying that, you know, for those that are reading the dictionary, we know this is the this is the week that we're going to talk about Pentecost Sunday on on the on tomorrow, right? So we, yep. I have been reading this text with that in mind. Uh, yeah, that we're gonna, you know, we're approaching Pentecost, and we're going to talk about that. And um, and just for you to know, me and Carl, we're very we are very charismatic, just put it like that. Yeah, just yeah, to yeah, say yeah, the yeah. least. So we. Yeah. We, it it is a it is a very sacred test text for us yeah. more than we would like to sometimes. Yes. Yeah, and it's important, <laughs> you know. And we said this. We'll probably say this every week, but um, I, you know, when we talked in grad school, Mario and I had some grad school classes together. Um, when you read an academic paper, well, I always told people you read the introduction, then you read the conclusion. And then you read all the meat on how they got to the conclusion. Because if you read the conclusion first, you you know where the where the study is going, where the academic resource is going, and and um, because in an academic text, what they do is they they um, they test every other theory and show why it's wrong. And if you don't know where they're going, you could think they're going down one of these other academic theories. So you read the conclusion and you know where they're going, you know what to look for. And so as I read the daily lectionary, the daily lectionary always supports the Sunday text. And so I like to, on Monday, I like to read the Sunday text to see, okay, where are we going? So I can see where what they're trying to do throughout the week. It's a little little thing I like to do and it helps me frame what I'm studying. And of course, like you said, it's Pentecost Sunday. Last Sunday was Ascension Sunday. This Sunday, Pentecost Sunday. So at least I know where we're going. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I I actually 
on uh, a personal way, I read, I try to read every day the text of the day plus the text of Sunday. Again, with the same thought in mind, to try yeah. to keep that in mind. Um, maybe those are going to listen, uh, are going to see the lack of uh, talking of an act two that I will do. Yeah. Uh, because that's how he stroke me um, this week. But I hope uh, Carl will inform us a little bit. Yeah. Let me start. Let Good. me start. That's something that moved me very, very, very hard this week, in, uh, which is uh, the text on, on Tuesday. Tuesday, we read Psalm 99. We read Numbers 16, 41 to 50, and we read First Peter 4, 7 to 11. And uh, recently, I've been thinking a lot about intercession and prayer and how those two things, they actually are in the heart of our relationship with God and with those people around us. And um, and I was, uh, I was as I was reading Numbers 16, I saw um, something, uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious there as you read the, the text, but let, let me just read a little bit on, on verse 45 says, get away, God says, get away among this congregation so that I may consume them instantly. So God is saying to Moses, it's get away, get away. I'm going to kill them all kind of deal. And what Moses does, he does the opposite. You know, he, him and Aaron, they run towards the people and they start offering their censors, you know, their incense, which, you know, I, I can safely argue that incense in scriptures might be understood as prayers too so that the, the, they raise their prayers to god they 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 like their their incense to god they actually again they did the opposite of what god told them you know get away and they run towards the people and then in verse 48 there's a there's a actually a um there's actually a um part of that that verse that i would say that i will use from this week on as a definition of what a what does it mean? One of the definitions of what does it mean to um, to be a disciple of Christ? You know, and it's that verse forty eight of number sixteen says, and he Moses stood. Sorry, 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 sorry. And he Moses took his stand between the death and the living. And I don't think I can could not inform better. What does it mean to be a disciple of Christ? You know, you, you stand. We stand between those things that are death in me and that God wants to bring a life and the opposite. And I, we start to stand and between those death around us and those that we want to help bring life to through Christ. And, um, and I mean, just that struck me. So I, I stayed there for a while. And then when I look at the same text, uh, sorry, at the same day, first Peter four, seven to 11, thank God that helped me informed what I was talking about intercession, you know, and then uh, Peter says something like this in the middle of verse seven says the purpose of prayer. It says the end of all things is near. Therefore be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. You see what it says for the purpose of prayer above all, keep fervent in, in your love for one another because love covers the multitude of sins. So I think those texts speak very nice to each other on what intercession is. So here, you know, I have this theory on this numbers text, and it's kind of a theme with God's relationship with Moses. Um, more than once, God says to Moses, hey, I'm just going to kill everybody and start over, right? And uh, Moses was like, no. You remember when they were doing the idolatry and 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 God's like, I'm going to kill everybody. And Moses was like, no. What will the nation say about you? If you, 
If you kill everybody, what kind of God will they think you are? And we see here again <clears throat> that there's there's this great sin in the in the camp. And um uh God, you know, there there's this wrath coming out. And, and God says in verse 45, get away from this congregation that I may consume them instantly. <clears throat> and Moses says, and Aaron said to Moses, um, you know, he got in the midst of the assembly and he gets the, the intercession. And, and I really feel like um, this was a test for Moses. Like, can I trust you with these people? Um, do you care more about your own power or do you care about, God's power being manifest to, in love toward his people. Yeah. Um, and Moses had decided in his heart long ago that he wanted to rescue Israel. That was always his heart. And when he was tempted to choose himself over Israel, he never did. He always chose Israel. He always said, my heart is toward these people. And I think that's why he has such an amazing legacy and it's it's what I see as we talk about Pentecost is a foreshadowing of what Pentecost is supposed to look like. Um, Moses could have easily said, you know, you know what? I'm tired of them too. Go ahead and kill them. Um, but he didn't. He didn't stand in judgment. Like you said, he stood in intercession with Aaron. He's like, no, I, if I can protect these people, I will do it. And and I had that same scripture jump out at me um, in First Peter four, um, and I just found it was so um, so startling that I had never really seen this before. Uh, the end of all things is near; therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Of prayer. That's um, of sound judgment and sober spirit, or self-control that 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 word there you know i'm no you know i'm no greek expert but that that nifo um means uh just become sober like um and it doesn't mean don't be drunk but like hey don't 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 let your mind get twisted and so he's saying listen don't don't be overcome with fear don't think that you know they're going to be judged and you're going to make it you need to intercede you, you, because the next verses above all keep fervent in your love for one another and and mario i find it easy uh, you know for me and among other people that when you think you're righteous and everyone else is in sin super easy to get judgmental hmm. and 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 in that judgmentalism that's just you though we i don't do that it's easy to have a um a critical spirit mm -hmm. and it's hard to have true intercession for people you're judging you're not you're not interceding from a place of love. Yes, you're yes, we we, we 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 might think that to got, to have a sound mind and a sober spirit is to discern. We're going to talk about that later on in other texts. To to discern uh, what is right and what is wrong, and divide the sheep from the goats. When the difference between the sheep and the goats is how the sheep treat the goats, and not not because they're so different. And and yeah. and think yeah. about pra practically about Moses even. There was four, the same text as there 14,700 death. So he's literally standing between the living and the death. Yeah. And so a, the, if, if, if there are sheep and goat, he, he stood between the two, keeping the sheep safe from the goats. It, it, it's, um, 
he put himself on the line. And I think that's the spirit of intercession that they're talking about here and that Peter's talking about. Like, you don't get to separate yourself from the people who are in sin. This is, you're part of this. Like, you, we need you, to be connected to it. I like the, 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 the just like the, the fact it says he standed between. He stand, like standing is a place like, he, he's not like, he's not like thinking about them. He's not like wishing. He's actually standing. He's a presence. Yes. It's a, it's a presence. Thing. He's standing right there with them. And people are getting killed left and right, literally, because of this plague. And 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 he's with the ones that are mourning and then try to celebrate with the ones that are celebrating that, that got healed. God knows whatever everything happened there with 14,000 dead. So it's just, yeah, that text it really struck me this week. Um yeah, and it's a and it's a strong one, and it was predicated by the day before. Um, we read where Peter kind of sandwiches this thing. He's like in, in, uh, first Peter four, one through six, mm -hmm. he's like, you, you have to keep, you have to keep loving in the midst of all this persecution. You cannot let your trials and the persecutions, um, neuter your love. You can't let it turn your love off. And, um, and I don't want to, I don't want to beleaguer this point, but, I, when I, you know, as we're moving toward Pentecost, as we're moving toward receiving power, the scriptures are showing us, man, if you're not moving in love, I mean, intercession is great unless you're interceding out of a sense of judgment, right? Um, in, 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 you know, intercession can be a beautiful thing that brings the spirit of God to knit people back to God, or it could just be a, a gossip fest. And I like, and I like that Peter doesn't shy away from saying. I mean, we we are separating the text because one, it's on Monday, you know, First Peter four one to six, yeah. and the other is on Tuesday. But they're all together, of course, in the same yeah. text. It's one. It's it literally starts one and it's the beginning of the other. But the the end of one is the beginning of the other. But uh, uh, Peter doesn't shy away from saying in verse five, first First Peter four five says, "But will they will give they will give." an account to him who is ready to judge the living. And that's, he, he's not shying away from talking about judgment, but in the same tongue and cheek, if I can say it like that, he says, they might live in the spirit according to the will of God. And he comes to, and he comes to say now in verse seven, we were saying that to the per further purpose of prayer. So in one side, he's talking about judgment. He's not shying away from that. No, not all. On the, on the other side, he's saying, if we understand this, it should this fact that of, of judgment, it should give us a sound look at that to be a sound judgment and a sober spirit. Yeah, and, and, and for the yeah. If we look at the if we look at the numbers text uh, on Monday, it talked all about how the people were complaining, mm -hmm. and because they were complaining, judgment came on them, and yet Moses didn't let his heart get turned. He mm -hmm. stayed with love, right, and he stood in between the living and the dead. Peter is saying, listen, there's all this persecution coming. You better make sure love is, is, is blossoming in your heart. Otherwise you won't be able to pray. Your prayers certainly won't be effective. They, they, they certainly won't be according to the Lord's will because you'll be, you know, you'll be fulfilling the lust of the flesh that, that that's, you know, and so this, this staying with love in the midst of persecution. Like I, I, you see this trend happening, bad things are happening. You have to stay in love. And it's, it's a great reminder for all of us. Um, yeah. And, and, and let me, so, so, so I don't get, I, so I don't get off. Uh, I don't have something to say about Wednesday, but I don't want to get off track. No, let's, uh, let's keep moving. 
let's uh real quick and we might go back to that uh, no, on, on on wednesday i was reading it's lit- literally a parenthesis that i want to i want to share with you it, it's uh, i've never read first kings 8 54 to 65 but specifically i'm going to talk about verse 63 with those lenses i've never looked at that text uh, the way i did it this week so th- i think there's a lot of sarcasm there mainly by knowing the the history of Sal- uh, solomon mm-hmm. and what he did but uh, what what i felt what what it came into my heart when i read this let me read it and then i'll tell you and and so first kings 8 verse 63 and solomon offered for the sacrifice of peace offerings which he offered to the lord i'm going to say it very slow 20 what verse are you in yeah, uh, 63. First Kings 8, 63. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. So I'm gonna say it very, say it very slow so you can think the amount of the amount as I say it. Twenty two thousand yeah. oxen and a hundred and twenty thousand sheep. Yeah. I, I've never seen that many sheep together or oxen. So the king and all the sons of Israel dedicated the house. So when I read this. I actually wrote this. There's something about the size of this offering that doesn't set, that doesn't sit right with me. I think Massive. like Sal- yeah, Solomon is trying. He's just, and I think Solomon. I mean, again, knowing his story, he's trying to show something mm-hmm. that we might be, we might do sometimes. You know, we're trying to show uh, this. You know, just massive amount of offering, massive amount of things that we can do and power or uh, because on one side, he yeah, he's offering to God, quote unquote, he is offering to God. No, but but on the other side, by doing that, he's showing how much how powerful he is. So can we do that, Carl, in, in, as, as, as can we do that as, as followers of, of Christ? In one hand, as we hope for Pentecost, knowing that, yes, we're doing we're being filled of the Holy Spirit. And walking by the spirit, but we want in the other hand for people to see how powerful we are. We, we, we're showing the two things and we are detaching that from the beginning, the 22,000 sheep were all uh, oxen were all from God. Anyway, this is the one. So do you get what I'm saying here? That this offering just sounds very sarcastic to me. You, you, so you think he didn't actually he didn't actually do this many or what do you, what do you think? I don't know I think he did his many but I'm 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 questioning like why? He, not just why this many it's just it doesn't resonate with the spirit of God in me in the, in the sense of God is not pomposious God is not big and 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 and, and big crowns and big uh, god is the god of the, of the manger god is the god of of walk with mary and and jesus and, and joseph and, and and then with you know the disciples god is a meek god mm-hmm. and that's what i'm trying to say and when i see 120,000 sheep doesn't look meek to me and then i look to solomon's story and i was like well solomon always wanted to be that want to make a big deal of everything that's why well, he, he does that that's true although although okay you know um, you know, this was them dedicating the temple. They never had a temple of their own. Uh-huh. They've been, you know, in, in a tent. Uh, and this was a pretty big deal, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. And the temple was uh-huh. huge. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And why did he, why did he do so many? I don't know that that is, but it does kind of foreshadow. I hear what you're saying. It foreshadows him doing too much, right? Yeah. He had go. too, he had too many wives, right? He, he, and here, here's what you could say: It does look like he is giving an offering in the power of his own strength. 
I'm not which, saying that he 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 shouldn't have done this. You know, mm -hmm. I, I haven't. I, I didn't. I mean, those that are listening that might be like, oh Mario, but that's what he's supposed to do according to. to no. I mean, I'm not saying that. I, I'm just saying that it just it came across to me a little bit sarcastic. That again, like I think you nailed it. He's trying to do too much here, and I was like, eh. yeah, you know, I was really moved by his prayer of benediction as he's mm -hmm. dedicating the, the temple. I, I, um, I, I prayed, you know, we see in first Kings eight 57, he says, may the Lord, our God be with us as he was with our fathers. May he not leave us or forsake us. And here's the one that really got me that he may incline our hearts to himself to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his ordinances, which he commanded our fathers. So, he prays like this, this beautiful, beautiful prayer saying, God, you created everything. Everything is yours already. You deserve worship. You deserve honor. And my heart needs to be for you. And I am even giving you my heart, asking you to make my heart incline to you. Like, I I think um, I I I just thought that was so beautiful in in Maybe the um, in the I, NIV I in the NIV it says you know may he turn our hearts to him in in the in the New English translation which I like to read it's like may he make us submissive so we can follow all his his instructions and obey the commandments rules and regulations he commanded our ancestors and there is this surrender. There is this absolute, like God can, like, I don't even, I don't even trust me with my own heart. Can you please be in charge of my heart? And then he sacrifices 120,000 things and 20,000, whatever. And it's like, why so many? Why so lavish? I don't and, know. And, 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 and on that, let me, uh, on that, on verse 57, uh, what, what struck me also, I literally have that marked here. I didn't know why I did, but now you explain me why. Um, it says, may the Lord God with us as he was with, with our fathers. I like the way he connects generational there. He's not just detaching. Oh yeah. Be with me. Do Again, we just, let's go on a Pentecost in our, I mean, the Christianity of being around, we always, we praise for the newness, the newness of God, the newness, the, 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 the renewers, the coming of the spirit. So God's going to do something new revival. And, and I mean, uh, we all about that, but at the same time, when Solomon gives his benediction, he's not forgetting of what was before him. And I like that. I like that. In the same tongue that he prays that God is, may you be with us. He say, just as you were with our fathers. I like that connection he did. That we might we might miss sometimes. I don't know because we want. I mean, of course we want the new of God. I understand that, but you know, uh, he didn't miss that. Yeah. He said these two things. Absolutely, and. You know, I had done some, and here, here's the other thing, and, and I know we might be um, dragging this out, but um, one of the interesting things about um, the people in in the early Jews, um, we like to say that they were um, monotheist, but they weren't really. They believed in other gods. They they they. That's why God kept saying, "I can be your only God," because there were gods everywhere. Um, but they only worshiped one God. They were only supposed to worship one God, though they kept 
we keep seeing them worshiping these other gods. Mm -hmm. And when I did research on this sacrifice of the 22 and the 120, as, as it turned out in my research, like it was common to give these ridiculous numbers of sacrifices um, when opening new buildings for the gods, uh, the Nimrud, the uh, Usher, it, Nineveh, when when they opened these kind of buildings, they did these foreign uh, religions. It was common for them to do these kind of over the top sacrifices, and we see again and again the uh, the Jews keep trying to go the way of the other people uh. um, instead of just following the ways of God. So I found that interesting. Yep, yep. All right, let's transition to John John 3 because I want to uh, Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I want you to I want you to listen uh it, it was still on the readings on Wednesday. So we, I'm going to talk right now on on the Do text it. of John 3 31 and 36. Let me see let me let me tell you this. Um I mean we we hear from our from our you know one of our favorite teachers all the time and mm -hmm. people that we listen to talking about this, but I want to I, I want to touch I want to touch this um how you doing by the way we doing text. good we doing good me and you we good we're you having a good time you? oh yeah you having a good time? time yeah 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 all right <laughs> that's why i talk that's that's sometimes why we Carl, sometimes we do Carl these podcasts right there yeah that's why sometimes we do these things and we forget we're talking to each other yeah we are <laughs> i do happy saturday happy saturday <laughs> shabbat shalom shabbat shalom <laughs> go ahead all right let's let's go to john three if you're reading with us 36 it says this the one who believes in the son has eternal life. All right, we got that. But the one who does not obey the son will not see life. Yes. And I wrote this. Forget about death. Mm. We're not going to see mm. life. Go ahead. So Say that again. Say that again. Forget about death. We're not going to see life without Christ. So sometimes we have my preach Christianity as a ticket out of out of ticket out of hell. Yeah. I what I see John doing here is way more than that. He's saying yep. as you reconcile yourself with Christ, as you believe in Christ, you're gonna really understand what really life is. You're gonna understand the human you have really meant to be from the beginning. That's why we look at Christ. That's why so uh, when we uh, we had this uh, around you know again i always had this thought uh, for a long time i had this thought that you know walking away from sin it's becoming somehow godly mm -mm. yeah and, that, and, and, that, and yeah that's the trick that's, that's a trap tri yeah yeah that's a yeah trap. there you go you already got it and 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 walking away from sin it, sin is actually becoming human it's actually seeing life the way it's supposed to be so whenever whenever i decide to, you know, behave sinfully, I am actually selling myself short. Yeah, I'm selling. I'm selling myself less than life, if I'm understanding right what what John is saying. So I want to, I want you to touch on that. What 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 well, chord has well, stroken you? Well, I highlighted the same the same verse, um, for two reasons. Just because there's such as I'm on social media, there's such a trend today to say, well, universalism. Everybody is saved. Everybody's going to heaven. And I'm not a big, you know, people going to hell kind of guy. Um, but um, we just see over and over again in the scriptures, that's not true. Uh, he who believes in the son has eternal life. He who does not obey. And here's what's kind of interesting. The contrast here 
um, is between belief, those who believe um, will have eternal life, right? And, but those who do not obey the Son will not see life. So we, sat, we, we have belief against disobedience, which is weird, right? There, we believe in the Son, and if we don't believe in the Son, then we are disobeying. And so we start thinking life well, comes from obedience, but life doesn't come from obedience. Life comes from belief, right? So the righteous are those who believe that they cannot be righteous without faith in Jesus. That's who the righteous are. The righteous are those who have received Christ Jesus as their savior. Those are the righteous, not the people who do good, but the unrighteous are those who do not believe and therefore are disobeying. And it says the wrath of God abides on them, which... And what is the wrath of God? The wrath of God is being separated from life. Yep, yep, yep. That's it. That, that's what that's what John says right there. You will not see this? life apart from Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and so we see this theme again. You know, your righteousness does not come from your strength. And that was in our psalm. In Psalm 99:4, mighty kings, the strong king, the strength of the king. He keeps talking about these the 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 in his own strength, he can't accomplish anything. And in, 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 um, in Psalm 99, again, I just I just see this. It says, the strength of the king loves justice. You've established equity. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. But only God can actually deliver. You know, you can be as strong a king as you want, um, but it is God who establishes the equity. And um, yeah, let me say something here. Yeah, now that you ahead. touch on Psalm, on Psalm 99, Do it. Uh, my friend calling this morning was saying something interesting. You know, let me, let me, let me open here. He was saying, um, and do, 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 do. let me, let me just find, give me one second. No, it is not Psalm 99, Psalm 33, which is the next Psalm we read. Which is week. great. Yeah. Go ahead. Just skip, skip to the next day. Go to Psalm 33. Yeah. So Colin would say this, and, and, and we're talking about death and life, right? He's still, he's still on that theme. And, and he was saying uh, in, in, in verse 16 and 17, he says, the king is not saved by his almighty army. Da, 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 da. And actually, yeah. we think that. I mean, he was saying that those things, they actually accomplish that. Yeah. Right? Like in practical life, the king, it's saved by the mighty army. Yeah. Like, uh, 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 it. We do, we find, he was saying that those things, we we use those things so we can run away from death. You know, I mm -hmm. have a mighty army so I can be saved. I mean, practically they might do. And then having technology, you know, horses uh, is a false hope of victory. So we use those things in verse 16 and 17 of Psalm 33 to run away from death. But what, what Psalm is saying is actually I'm going to rescue your soul from death. So you need to go through certain kind of death that I can be able to rescue you. If you try to, if you're trying to go around it, you're not going to be able to see life. If you mm. try to run away from death, you're not going to be able to see life. And nope. again, look, looking at Christ. And now I'm going to Psalm 33, transitioning to Thursday reading. Again, I saw something interesting there. It's it's if you read it with me. I'm going to just point out some words that I saw there. Uh, Psalm 33, verse 18, talks about waiting. And then and then now this is where I see God preparing me for the bad news that I received on Sunday, on Saturday. Okay. Like, like, okay. Like, sorry, on Thursday. I didn't know the, the bad news was, was going to come on, on Friday, right. personal. 
but I was reading, and now that I read it back, and I just saw it right now, uh, that God was preparing me for this, for this moment, because he says in verse 18, wait, verse 20, wait, verse 21, trust, verse 22, wait. Mm. So so he's a God, and then connecting that to Pentecost, he's a God that asks us to be patient, to wait and trust, because yeah. he's going to rescue us, our soul, from death. And and keep us alive in famine. Again, I don't want to cheap the 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 fact of you know we have to feed those that are our famine. I'm not saying that. I'm mm -hmm. just saying that God is the one that is asking us to wait and trust because He's going to rescue us rescue us through. And and again, I, somehow I see that on next the next one and what happened in Pentecost. How does that stroke to you? Yeah, I I Psalm 33. Oh, I. Here, here's the challenge that we have, Mario. Um, so we have these psalms written by a king, right? Um, and in Psalm 33, he's saying it's not by physical strength that any of our true victories are won. Um, the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's this contrast between our strength and the powerful, loving kindness we have access to when we fear the Lord. Wow. And, and our soul is longing for this connection to God. Now, the, the trap is, the trap is to think that when I fear the Lord, I'm going to get whatever I want. Hmm. That, you know, you got really bad news. And um, whatever that bad news was, let's let's say whatever your bad news was, it's a good thing, you know, maybe the healing of a loved one or the deliverance of a neighbor or a financial breakthrough, anything that we would call good, right? Mm -hmm. And we can think that when I fear the Lord, I'll now get that thing. Mm -hmm. And um, this is just, this isn't true. It's not the gospel. Um, it's not the promise of God. Um, what we do get is we get this powerful loving kindness of God in our lives when we fear him. And as we fear the Lord, as we, as we say, I am not going to, and here, here's, here's that line. Like I am not going to force something, but I am going to walk in faith. That's the hard line to really discern. That's where you really have to have your heart toward God. How much do you fight for something that isn't working? How much does this make sense? Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, you know, say you want to start a ministry or start a business or, and it just keeps failing. You, you have to know what's going on in your heart. You have to know that God is for you. Um, but at the same point, that doesn't mean the thing is going to work out. Um, uh -huh. But sometimes it means... He's working in ways that you don't know, and you you can't you know you can't rob a bank to get the money you need. You can't smuggle something into a foreign country to make God's will come to pass. And um, uh, like if I learned anything from uh, Doctor Green, um, it's that you cannot do evil for God. We, we we can't sin to bring about God's plan. That's it's it's evil. Um, evil is evil. It's, it's, it's false light. And, um, 
understanding that God loves us, yet we still may not get what we want. We may not even get what's good. Mm. But we have to understand that his loving kindness is toward us. What, what do you think about that? There, to, for me, that's really the struggle. That's that's part of the struggle. Like again, want to live it's a better standing, life. It's a standing between the life and the death. To me, that that is, mm. we we run away from mourning. We run away from pain yeah. naturally, and 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 thank God that, that, that there's ways that we can numb pain, right? But 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 doc, I mean, if if he, I'm not quoting exactly, but I think I heard Doctor Green saying there's there's a kind of pain that it's redeem that is it's redeeming us. There's a kind of pain that generates in us something new, like birth yeah. pain, for instance. Birth pain, for instance. But there's the kind of pain that we we run away from pain in any type of matter today. Yeah. That that, that we are missing some pains that can actually bring to pass the will of God in our lives. You know, absolutely. I could yeah. not agree with that more. Um, yeah. And in Psalm, you know, Psalm 33, we see this. The reward is that his eyes are on us. And so we start thinking, well, if his eyes are on us, then my business is going to work. My, you know, my kid is going to win the softball tournament. I'm going to get that house. Um, but the rest of the readings today, you know, Exodus 19, Moses on Sinai in verse five, <laughs> he says, if you'll <laughs> obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples for all the earth is mine. And so he's like, the whole earth is mine and you are the only people who, who, who get it and you will be my possession. And, and that is the reward. The reward are, is that we are, we belong to the one true loving God. And in the end, he's reconciling all things together to him. Um, and that may be in this life, it may be in the next. And and for me, Mario, and I, tell me, you know, is two people who kind of operate and value the prophetic. Um, I I think these like why I so recommend people read the daily lectionary is you're gonna read stuff you don't normally read, and you're gonna read it grouped in ways you don't normally read it. Mm -hmm. and, and in Psalm 33, the reward of hearing God is that you have a connection to this powerful loving kindness that our soul is longing for, right? In yeah. Exodus 19, um, we get to decide if God is our God. And he says, you do that by obeying his voice and keeping the covenant. And the reward for that is that you get to be his possession, a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. And then we see in Acts chapter two, they were praying and God gave them power. And again, God has this direct interaction with the people, not through a mediator, not through a Moses, not even through Jesus, not even through, I mean, an earthly Jesus, a physical Jesus, mm -hmm. not through Peter. Mm -hmm. It was God's desire from the beginning that the people would have a direct relationship with him mm -hmm. and the reward. And I, I would love to hear your prophetic take on this. The reward is that we get to hear God. And so often in the prophetic, we say the prophetic is a tool for something else. Whereas the real reward is we get to hear God. We, we like, we get, we get to hear 
the creator of the universe, we get to have a relationship with him. Yes. Yes. We get to like read the scripture and the spirit is there making it alive. I mean, this thousands of year old text all of a sudden is talking about what's happening in Boca Raton because I've given him my life and he's given me his spirit. Like that is supernatural. Yeah. What, what, some reason it stroke a note in my heart when, when I, uh, when I had a, a, an encounter with God in a different way. Uh, and, 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 and I remember right at the beginning of my walk, I remember looking at people and the only thing that I could have said to them is forget about everything. You can talk to God and you can listen from him. That was, that is, that was, and still my passion. It's like, and that is my hope as, as a, as a friend, as, as, as a father, as a, you know, even as a pastor that people understand how important is oh, what an honor is that we can actually listen from Yahweh, that we can yeah. actually talk to him and he can actually listen to us. Just that fact. I mean, put aside what's going to happen after he listens to us or after we talk, which that's our, that's ministry by itself. But, but the, the, the real meaning is this, you can talk to Yahweh like right now and he can listen to you. I remember I was, I was so impressed the fact when I realized that for the first time and I was like, and, 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 and I saw here something that maybe is informing what you're saying. When he says in verse five of Exodus 19, if you will obey my voice, da, 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 he says, you will become my own possession. Oh, he's, he's saying that he's become my own possession. But then he says, for all the earth is mine. So he yeah. puts a, he puts a condition for us to be his. But then he says that everything is his. Everything is his. So so am I asking the wrong question by saying, is, is there a way of pertaining to God that is not actually pertaining to God? Is there mm. actually is there actually a way that, you know, everything that is in this room, it's, you know, it's mine. But actually, you know, this cup is really mine. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Am I drawing a very thin line by, by God saying, everything is mine, but you will become my possession. If I mean, if, if 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 you do this, you become my possession, and because you become my possession, you shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So, I kind of I, feel like I kind of feel like it's like um, like if you and I went to Mexico, and um, we were staying at some city, and we see that there's an all inclusive resort, and we sneak in the resort, and when people aren't looking, we might get a drink, and when people aren't looking, we get a hot dog. And then the owner of the resort comes and says, listen, if you become my friend, you don't have to sneak around anymore. All of this is mine. You can have whatever you want in this all-inclusive resort. And everybody else who's sneaking in, they, they, like they don't get everything. But if you're my friend, you get everything because it's all mine. I own it all. And so the rest of the world is trying to get rain. I mean, we got to think about who they're talking to. They're trying to get rain. Mm -hmm. They're trying to get crops to work. They're trying to keep their kids alive. They're trying to get famine, not to destroy their yes. people. Mm -hmm. And God is like, no, 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 this is all mine. And if you worship me, you don't have to be like them looking for crumbs. You don't have to be like them hoping that the God of rain or the God of thunder or the God of drought or the God of crops, you don't have to... You, you get it all if you will just listen to me. Yes. And and what you say before is all you get is is 
you can't figure out exactly all what you're going to get. You just believe that you're going to get it all. Yeah. And you, you just said it before. So we are yeah. 30, I think like about 40 minutes, 35 minutes in. And I want to, I want to judge into acts two. And I want to yes. offer. Let's uh, do it. We're 41 we, minutes in. We got to, we got to get, we got to get moving here. Go ahead. <laughs> let, let me, let me, uh, I didn't tell you this before. I just, I told tell you me. I was going to, I was going to say it, but I want, I want to see live, live here. What's going to sparkle on you. That um, so we're know, on Thursday still Thursday, right? We are on Thursday, and finally Go we ahead. have to read Acts two one to eleven in the Go first ahead. for the for the first time. Yeah, and um, and after you know, um, after reading the waiting, after reading that, after meditating through this point in the lectionary, I approach Acts two with with, and this is me, Mario, Mario. I approach this with, with such a responsibility, such a weight, such a I look at. This text, such as a big, you know, important that informed my Christianity since the beginning of you know my my life, my story, my story, and and when I approached to Acts two, I was like, there's so many things that I can say, there's so many things that I want to say, there's so many things that I do not want to say. Right. But I was right. like, okay, let me read it. Okay, and then I took a, 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 a deep breath and I read, you know, Acts two. All right. And the only comment. I could have offered on Thursday, which might be one of the biggest comments I could make in this text is, I need more time to think about this. I need to wait and meditate about this passage anymore. From everything, from everything that I could have said and pray and ask and and, and interject, you you name it. The only feeling that I had is, this is so beautiful, so powerful, so mysterious at the same time that I need, I need to think more about it. And, and I know you're listening to a podcast, you be, be, know, oh, wow, you're not helping me here. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I was just on Thursday. I was just, I want to think about this. I have, it's too much on the table for me when I so, read Acts to, I don't know why. So, so here, here's, here's, here's what I, here's why I like doing this with you. Cause you and I are completely, I don't want to say completely different. That's not true, but we are very different in how we approach this uh mm-hmm. the the weekly lectionary the reading daily readings mm-hmm. so for me i kind of think like okay you know a port where like the ships come and offload all their cargo mm-hmm. and there's like these stacks of these shipping containers everywhere right? right right and then like say they deliver seven of them to your business and you're like i don't what did they ship us and so i i like to open all seven doors and figure out how they all go together. I'm like, oh, they sent us a barn, right? <laughs> Whereas you like to go in each container and say, let me examine what's in this container. Oh, look how this pole goes like this. I wonder why they <laughs> yeah. why they welded it this way. Look how these bolts are long. These are a special kind of bolt that anchor things in a certain kind of way. Look at how this electrical section here. And I'm like, Oh, the electrical goes with the wall that goes with the power grid. I get it. Uh, okay. Whereas you'd like to go into the container and fully yeah, understand what's in each individual container. I'm looking at like, how do all these containers go together? And so when I <laughs> when I approach these, when I approach the daily readings, I'm just like, how does all this go together? That's That's what I'm, and so this is great. I think for the listener, it's great. I think for me, it's great hearing you talk this way. You may or may not be getting anything from me, uh, but but um, I I look at this today, and and again I this is this is reoriented how I look at Pentecost, 
And I am going to preach it tomorrow very differently than I have in the past. Because the, 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 the lectionary writers want us to know, like, what have they been telling us all along? Power, it's like man's power is doesn't accomplish anything. Mm -hmm. It's only God's power. And, and it has to be, as we read with Peter, as we read with um, Moses back in, mm -hmm. um, wasn't Exodus, Leviticus? Leviticus, Numbers. Yeah, in Numbers. It's like, you better be doing it with the right heart. You better be doing things with the right heart. Otherwise, it's not actually pleasing to God. So mm -hmm. like, and so here we get Pentecost. And for me, I look at Pentecost. I'm like, oh, wow. God talks directly to us. Mm -hmm. There is now a time he's talking directly to us. This is, and you're like, I need to, I need to really look at the dynamics of what's happening here. And I'm like, me, I probably do as well. Um, but as I stand back and look at it, I'm like, oh, wow, God talks directly to people now. And that begs the question, what are we going to do with that power? Huh. Which moves us on to yesterday, unless you want to say something else about no. that text. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. It's perfect. Go ahead. And so we oh. get to Psalm 33. Mm-hmm. And um, I really like praying the Psalms, but um, Psalm 33, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen for his own. And here's like another word of it's not your power. The people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. Uh. That means you're going to get something you didn't deserve, that you didn't earn, you didn't make. Um, and then we see, I don't have time to go through this because we're getting so late, but this psalm is so cool because it starts with the mouth, talking about the Lord speaks, and then it's in the eyes. You know, the Lord looks from heaven. Um, blessed is the nation who sees that, that they need God because that makes them righteous. That's what we read here in Psalm 33. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then God is looking from heaven, and the king is not saved by a mighty army. It's not the way the world sees deliverance. The eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those who hope for his loving kindness. And finally, I just want to say about this psalm, in verse um, 18 and 22, his loving kindness, that's, that's the Hebrew word chesed. And um, this, this chesed, this loving kindness, um, if you, if you um, look at different translations, um, this word really, like, it, it 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 means a lot. So in in um, I read the New American Standard Bible. So it says, "Let your loving kindness be upon us." In the um, New English translation, it says, "May we experience your faithfulness, for we wait on you." In the NIV, it's, "May your unfailing love be with us." Mm -hmm. The Revised Standard is, "Let your steadfast love be upon us," which is a super interesting take on it. And then, um, and in the, uh, um, the, excuse me, the new King James, let your mercy be upon us. And, and so it was just, um, this chased is so rich. I, I, I went on a little tangent there, but it's more than just 
you know, loving kindness. Well, what does that mean? And I like the fact. Uh, let me uh, go ahead. Look at look at the container a little bit. Uh, yeah. Let me step on your shoes a little bit. Now that yeah, you go step on mine. Now that you, walk into the container. Now that you step on mine, let me yeah, step ahead. on yours. Um, again, for you, for those that are listening, me listening to you talked about this, it, it generates what makes me think is that's when. That's what that's what happens when you when you decide to pray uh, to pray the psalm, and, and and to actually pray it, and and then again, it, it does not require you to have all the tools in the world to understand the psalms because that would be against the will against the wisdom of God. Absolutely. It requires for us to approach the text with with you yeah. know with a heart to know to know Christ, and then. As I see you reading the Psalm 33 in that way, I was like, yes, that's that's what reading the Psalm does to us. It's mm -hmm. just the steer stuff inside of us and makes us go and makes us disagree and agree. And um, yeah, let me move to Saturday and then we have to we have to wrap up. I know we, we haven't talked about Sunday. We, we did. We did talk about Sunday, but not all the text. So let me let, say let, one quick thing about let me say one real quick thing about yesterday. That yeah, I thought was ahead. so cool. Exodus 19. Um, it talks about the thunder. Um some scriptures, some some versions say that um, the people heard thunder. Mm -hmm. Other other scholars believe that that thunder was actually articulated sound. And so it really, I was thinking, you know, if you know God, it's not thunder, it's it's communication. But if you don't know God, His talking can is just is just thunder. Like you don't hear it and you don't know. Go ahead. But no, 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 no. That is that is absolutely great. Because um, then on Saturday, uh, when that sense, the, my light turns off. Well, those that are watching, you don't see me dark. Uh, is on, it motion activated or your light motion it activated? It is. I have to fix that. That is funny. <laughs> but now I'm, I'm in darkness. I'm not talking about that. Oh, man. No, Look at ahead. this. It says, I was going to read verse Exodus 20, verse uh, 21. It says, so the people stood at distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where mm. god was the thick darkness what god was so i don't know you were saying something about you know we can we can we would not expect to see god in thick darkness moses walks right in and says that's where god is brother you see this theme of darkness all throughout scripture um it's terrifying. It's going into the unknown. Uh, we see at the very beginning, the earth was out with, was, was, was without form and void. There was darkness. When Moses, or excuse me, when Abraham made the covenant, um, he walked through the, the separated offering. And then it says a terrifying darkness, darkness. covered. Mm -hmm. When Jesus was crucified, a darkness. I mean, out God creates out of the darkness. Um, and a great darkness generally... Prophetically speaking, um, it is it is a darkness that we enter into a season that God gives us an opportunity to walk into the darkness and walk out of the darkness changed, um, and and that is what we see see here. This in in the world to bring it back to what you started with. The world is is the church particularly is terrified at mourning. We're terrified of grief. We're terrified of pain. But if we're willing to walk into that darkness, this is where we encounter God. Yeah, let me go ahead. Uh, I I don't want to tie a bow, but what uh, immediately after I say that, I'm trying to do so. 
So, do it. Like uh, here you have two two guys that um that are friends they're friends of God of, I mean I can say about Carl he's a friend of God and he listens from God and speaks to God he's a pastor and we're reading a full week about looking at Pentecost and we're trying to listen from God and we have been filled of the Holy Spirit and we're trying to be faithful to the text through the the lack of um uh, the lack of tools that we have and if you go back to this to this text and I and as I go back I think about I, I, to go back to our conversation the only thing we can hear as feel of the Holy Spirit talking about Pentecost is that we are powerless yeah that there's faith in darkness there there's hope in darkness because God can dwell with you there and that mm. we should wait and see. I got it, and we should and see that God is good, and that He wants, and He will, and He is going to meet us, and that there's no life, there's no life. You're not going to see life apart from Christ. So mm. it's interesting how we be, we become, became, if you allow me to say so, kind of a prophetic voice, at least for each other, uh, through this text. You will think, you know, oh, these guys are charismatic Pentecostals. They're going to talk about 1 Corinthians 12 on Sunday. Or they're definitely going to talk about Acts 2 and they're going to dive in and talk about the Spirit. And I think by not doing so, we have just uh, allowed the Spirit to talk through us what he's groaning for our days. Just saying. I completely agree. Exodus twenty twenty, Moses said to the people, do not be afraid for God has come in order to test you in order that the fear of the Lord may remain with you so that you may not sin. Um, that is not a popular charismatic message, but the trials, the darkness, like that's having built character that God can rest upon. It's far more important than your ability to know whether or not someone's address is whatever, or you know what sickness they have. The ability to walk in the fear of the Lord and have his anointing remain upon you. The Bible says that the spirit came upon Christ and remained. Um, we want the spirit to remain upon us. And that happens with those who fear the Lord. Well, I beat you. So I don't want to have the last word. I want you to um, offer a pray for us. And um, uh, God bless you tomorrow on preaching. I know. Thank you. And I, I know. I, I know bless you and yours. Yeah. So, um, so God bless. So, Father, God we bless. do pray for one another. I pray for I pray for my friend Mario, and I pray for myself, and I pray for anybody who may stumble upon this and listen. Father, I pray. Um, I do pray that we would have power, but I pray that we would know that it's your power. I pray that we would um, walk in the fear of the Lord, that we may not sin. I pray that we would not be um, fearful of our weakness, but we would be like Paul and say, I boast in my weakness because, like today's readings in the Beatitudes, when I am poor in spirit, I get the kingdom. And so, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for all those listening that you would give them a hunger for the word, you give them a hunger to know you, you would give them a hunger, like you would give them a heart after you so that they can be kept fully within your care. I pray that every burden that concerns them Father, that you would send little prophetic signs that you get it and you're going to come through. And Lord, I pray for deliverance and prosperity in every area of life in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.
see you next week. Hey, man, bless you. I will see you next week.